0: y'all we live in difficult times there's war political unrest the pandemic poverty families being torn communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day police injustice it's all bringing so much pain but y'all We can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health, and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me, and I believe in us. Hello, and Thank you for coming back again with us where we continue our discussion around trauma. I have Naisha here and you know who I am. Listen, this ain't no Biggie Smalls dialogue and I ain't trying to flow like Mr. Kendrick Lamar, but we gonna do this thing on a clinical level, you feel me? So this time we gonna talk about some adults and complex trauma, cause this is some real stuff here. I got to believe that a significant portion of the clients that come into my office, I may try to define them as being depressed. I may define them as having anxiety. I may define them as being PTSD. I may define them or question whether or not they may be having personality challenges, but it seems in so many situations, these individuals would fit the criteria for complex PTSD. Naisha, what's your feelings on
1: that? Man, complex PTSD plays a huge role in adulthood because we're looking at relationships as a whole. Relationships on the job, relationships if you do have children, if relationships with significant other, or even challenges with dating. Mm. So even complex PTSD can even play a role in finances. Having that, if you have any trauma related to... Being neglected, not having things, not having money, and then you get money and now it's time for you to pay your bills and you develop this emotional connection with money Mm -hmm. and materialistic things. Well, now you can't even pay your bills on time. You're irresponsible in certain areas. So it is, man, it's just we can go anywhere with this. Complex PTSD plays a role in sleep disturbances, eating habits, high blood pressure. Where do you want to go? Wow. <laughs>
0: the first thing I'm going to say, the first thing I'm going to say is I'm going to go back to the idea of the alarm. Okay. I think when people have complex PTSD, their alarm, fire alarm is on high sensitivity. So in day to day interactions with people, they easily get Startled, or they get angry or frustrated, they'll be the type of person that fundamentally, if somebody walks by them and they didn't speak, they will probably feel somehow threatened. If somebody has a facial expression that they don't really understand, or body gesture or something they really don't understand, they may become threatened yeah
1: they take everything personal they take
0: everything personal so I could be upset because I learned some bad news I got relatives in Florida and they and they struggling because of the hurricane and I come in the room and I'm talking to you and you automatically feel like you automatically feel like I got a problem with you because I'm looking a certain way mm-hmm. when I don't you don't take time to investigate you already go there and so this then become an issue for work Because now when I go to work or when I'm in situations where I got to deal with other people and I have to get feedback, all I hear is threats and criticisms and judgment. And I, I don't understand. I can't see that there could be another perspective. I'm framing it as danger. Right.
1: Because they're hard on themselves.
0: They're hard on themselves. So there's a lot of shame. There's a yes, lot of guilt, guilt. Very cr- critical. And as a result of that, because oftentimes when people have experienced complex trauma, they've been emotionally abused, they may feel they feel inadequate.
1: And it plays out in every aspect their self-esteem, yes. constantly feeling that they are a disappointment or they are constantly being judged by others. And it's internal, right? Right. It's all about your self-dialogue, how you feel about yourself, how you present to the world. And then when someone does come along, it tries to say, hey, how you doing? It's hard for the person to read social cues. So they don't know, like, is this person trying to help me? Are they trying to harm me? They don't really know
0: right right and so and this comes along and so now when we go into the having this kind of way of thinking we go into the workforce and we have to then interact with people in different situations and it takes first of all it takes a lot of emotional energy to deal with people and then if then with people and their issues and being able to understand all the social cues so that takes so much energy so now we on edge and the least little thing happens boom
1: is It reinforces, see, told you this person didn't like me, told you I don't belong here, told you I wasn't good enough. Like they, that toaster oven is always ready to pop. Yeah,
0: ready They're to pop. They're always ready. Yeah, that, that alarm <laughs> is always, it's always going off. And, be, and so it be, it becomes hard for them to be a part of things. And you notice they may, they may struggle with being able to have any continuity with work.
1: Yes. Boom. So we're like going job to job. They're
0: going job to job because because there's always a problem. There's always an issue. And like you said, they, they, the self-fulfilling prophecy, they're always perceiving that people have a problem with them, not understanding maybe people are just trying to solve a particular problem. Mm-hmm. Things can be better, but no, that insecurity and that fear yeah. of being rejected or hurt is always playing out in playing out in these experiences. So boom. And then because of that, they're, they end up doing things or having experiences that, that are probably... Beneath their own abilities, and now they have yeah. issues with that they because stay
1: where they're comfortable, they, stay where they with, feel safe.
0: Where, so, because the, they're so worried about being rejected, because it's devastating. Yeah, you said something earlier, and, and I, I like to when I think about complex trauma and in, in depression and anxiety. I like to think about when people have esteem issues, when people have when they're down, they oftentimes avoid. They, they don't express really good mm-hmm. motivation. They put their head down. They don't give good eye contact. Right. They don't like compliments or yeah, recognition. They don't, they don't know how to accept those kind of things. On the other end, you have people who may come off extremely arrogant. Mm-hmm. And they'll come off like, I'm this, I'm that, I'm and I'm okay. really good at this. I'm popping in. I got this. I got that. On the inside, they feel really down. Yes. And they really reflect. Very they're
1: incongruent.
0: Yeah, the incongruent, and they really reflect the people on the low end, but they try to mask it. Reactive formation, as Freudian would say, Anna would say, Freud would say, that they frame it as, I'm good, I got it all together. But on the inside, they feel really falling apart. Inner turmoil. That Inner turmoil. So, But a confident person can embrace criticism. They can embrace compliments. Yes. They can take feedback. They're able to regulate that and move towards growth. But when we are struggling with trauma, It's hard for us to be in that confident place. So we either go to that low end or we go to this arrogant end. Mm -hmm. And I ain't talking like arrogant, like, oh, you, you bragging a little bit, but I'm talking about really that arrogance where you have this grandiosity. I'm I'm above above
1: everyone. Anything that triggers me to actually feel anything that makes me feel negative. If it makes me feel sad or makes me really think about who I am as a person, I avoid it. I want to walk up to everyone feeling like I got it all together. The arrogance of I am above everybody. Well, deep inside, we already know, like when they walk into the room, they require everybody's attention. They want to be seen. But we're like, the loudest person usually is the one that's experiencing the most hurt.
0: Right, right, I mean, right, we right, see right, that.
1: right. We see it in schools, right? We see mm-hmm. it in public settings when adults are just like so over the top. They don't really let you get into like who they are. It's like, I got on my mask. I got on my full shield. Don't come near me.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't come near me. Some of them can do really great in social situations, but when you get in intimate situations, oh my God, it's like it's so lost because they they live with this constant fear of disappointment, hurt, people hurting them in the past, and so these things become places to kind of be safe. I think a lot as a therapist, oftentimes when people have complex trauma, trying to hear their stories because oftentimes their stories are pretty much the same. Much of it is the chaotic, disorganized, confused, everybody's after me. Yeah. Nobody likes me. I have no friends.
1: And it's hard to form new memories and new experiences. They may get stuck on some of those things. So if it's complex, they're going to tell you every reason why. You know, well, I was raped when I was 18 years old. And after that... I found out I was pregnant by the man that I was raped by and ended up keeping the child. Then my child was born with a disability and then I ended up losing my job because I had to care for my child. So like their whole world revolves around like these traumatic events and here we are We're like, well, how old is your child now? Oh, 30. All right. What have you done to heal from those things that have happened? Nothing. So how does it manifest in your daily life? You navigate your world thinking that you can no longer do anything and you're always going to be a victim.
0: Right, right, right. And see that. And that keeps us caged because no matter where we're at, we stay caged because we never see that we can actually come out of those things, Mm -hmm. those patterns, those conditions, and those situations. We always move toward them. And so that. That continues this cycle. And and so sometimes as a therapist, when, when I'm working with people who I, I feel struggle in this area, I'm holding myself back because, Naisha, I want to jump in. I know, I, and sometimes I, I feel like I'm holding myself back. because.
1: But you got to meet them where they are. Yeah, I mean, so anywhere, we're holding on tight. <laughs> let them walk
0: through it. Because oftentimes, I, often, I believe that our emotions are great and awesome and amazing tools for us. I think they help us understand and interpret the world. They give color to life, right? Yes. And so when I feel pain, it's helping me register that there's a problem with something and I need to understand what it is. So if I keep feeling a certain level of pain, I'm being, it's being registered. And particularly when we talk about people who have complex trauma, it would feel like they would, at some point, their emotions would help them realize there needs to be a change, but it doesn't no, do that. No, their
1: nervous system is constantly overactive. They don't feel like there needs to be a change. It feels like the world needs to just accommodate me. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And so sometimes when we talk about, talk about slowing down and being mindful and self-care, they may struggle to implement those things because that means they have to create a baseline and a routine yeah. and they're used to having chaos
1: and, they and things like...
0: all over the place. Yep. And so the idea of that becomes like, man, that's, I'm going to say it. That's boring.
1: Yeah. Like, you want me to sit? I can't just sit with myself. That's boring. It's uncomfortable. I don't understand. Why would I just sit here when I can be doing A, B, and C? Right. Well, you're so used to doing A, B, and C. That's why you're here. That's why you're hypervigilant. That's why you got high blood pressure and diabetes and poor eating habits. Because you're constantly trying to heal the symptom and not the underlying issue. So let's get into mindfulness. Let's learn how to just sit for a second. Let's learn what it feels like to actually be aware of your own breathing. How about starting with putting your hand on your heart? When was the last time you really felt your heart? When was the last time you actually thought about like, wow, my stomach's always hurting when I get anxious. I'm having digestive issues. Let's put our hands on our bellies and let's breathe into that area. Let's speak to that area in a different way and be in tune with who you are and how your body is actually reacting to the environment. Let's slow it down.
0: Right, right. And instead of doing those things, oftentimes with people who traumatize, traumatized, and even when we talk about the acute trauma, we will deal with those symptoms by drinking, smoking, engaging in high-risk behaviors that keep us from actually dealing with our feelings, <laughs> just like when people do that oftentimes with grief. And so we do that. It masks it masks our problem for a while it and then, then it comes back. And then we have all these consequences. But another thing I think sometimes people with complex trauma will do is they will become very successful in their careers. It helps them to work through, in a sense, their struggles. Because if I become, if I get my PhD or my master's degree, if I make this amount of money and everything then I'll feel happy. I'll be good. And so I have the ability. I have the resources. Because oftentimes those individuals are creative because yeah. their environment they grew up in, it they had to be creative, right? You had to make it work. So it becomes a resource. But until so now, they're out there, they're doing, they're becoming very successful. But in the process of doing that, they're very disconnected. They're very, dis- and sometimes disassociated.
1: You're talking about me? I felt attacked. I felt attacked. <laughs> I'm not disassociated, but yes, I can identify with anxiety, but my underlying anxiety comes from complex PTSD and I'm very successful. And as I'm learning through my healing process, I was like, wow, this is what I've been doing to myself because I focus more on my strengths. And when something happens, I just go straight into like, all right, grind mode. I need to build my business. I got to do this. I got to be successful. I really focus on strengths rather than weaknesses. But we still have to deal with both in order to heal. So I'm clearly far along in my healing process. But what you said really triggered something within me because I saw that in myself. But I can honestly say like, Okay it doesn't trigger me in a bad way because I know that I've healed those aspects and like the different pieces and the complexities of my own trauma.
0: Ah yeah yeah so that, that, that's good. Thank you for sharing that yeah because it, <laughs> it's important for us to understand that because I think some of that societal on some level because we are pushed to believe that if we accomplish certain things or we make a certain amount of money that we'll be happy mm-hmm. if internally we don't feel at peace with ourselves, no matter what we have, yep. we will be not so good. And I frequently remind people that the highest height, the highest level of suicide, so death by suicide, is amongst very successful people. And perhaps they, this was the way for them to deal with their yep. complex trauma, and they never really dealt with the issue. And they just kept moving, going and going. And speaking of defense mechanisms, we talk about sublimation. And I talk about this one a lot because mm-hmm. I, I think it's so good because it's one of those kind of things that it doesn't create any negative consequences when we are working on a career or we volunteer and we're doing some good thing, right? Yeah. Other things we could do, it creates negative consequences, but this doesn't. So We get all engaged in this and having status, but we struggle in the long run because it doesn't address the other things that we need to be okay yes and so we know we need we know we need I like to say these four things okay we need self-care we need self-esteem we need self-direction and we need self-love
1: amen I love it all healing starts with love Uh, everything starts and begins with love yeah so Loving yourself, loving others, yes, loving strangers, even that level of love. Yeah,
0: so how do we get to a place where we can actually do good in our life if we don't have those things? Mm Because I need some self-direction, I need some self-care, I need self-love. When people tell me about, and I guess we're about to go there, when people tell me about relationships and having quality relationships, one of the first things I want to do is figure out how they take care of themselves, because when you can't get any direction in your own life, you're chaotic and all over the place. You're gonna bring all that to what you're trying to gain. That's and all you're gonna do is create a lot of confusion. You do. But, but so we gotta figure out can you imagine a car without the four wheels? That's why I came with four.
1: <laughs> I like that. The stability. Yeah. Yeah, drive. yeah.
0: So, yeah, we gotta Not have
1: Easily. Some, huh? Not easily broken and disturbed, like mo- my motorcycle. You yeah. push it over, it's on two wheels. With it's a car, you need manpower to yeah, push you need, a car over. Yeah, you need manpower.
0: And another way of thinking about it is you could think about it like a, a square. The square is the most, say, balanced object because it has four sides to it. Okay. The pyramid is a square on its side. Either way, it has balance. Okay. So we have to have those foundation things. And when we experience complex trauma, it makes it difficult for us to do that. But as you was talking about doing the shadow work, we have to go back and begin to heal Mm -hmm. around the things that have happened in our lives. So we can begin to build a solid foundation that we can move forward. But I think it's also important. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more. Learning how to self-care, take care of our bodies, love ourselves, hug ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we can reframe our game the way we feel about ourselves. So our alarm won't go off so much. Listen, y'all, we're going to continue this discussion. In our next episode, we'll be talking about trauma and how it influences our relationships. Don't forget to like and subscribe and add your comments.